So the event industry, trade shows, sporting events, all sorts of things are just kind of vanishing for the next few months, it looks like, thanks to the spreading pandemic. The World Health Organization has officially called the COVID-19 coronavirus a pandemic, and it's just upending everything. Schools are closed. Things are not happening. Businesses are closed. Uh, I, I get lots of emails from all sorts of uh, different uh, aspects of events and all sorts of different things. I got one today from the uh, ski industry. I get every couple of days, and they, there's, they were listing the ski resorts that are closed. The one that I go to, the small one that I drive an hour and a half uh, east of here to, is open. Although they did cancel an event that was scheduled for uh, over the weekend, uh, Demo Day. The companies that do all the demos pulled out, but uh, the resort is open. And, you know, it's interesting to see all of the changes, all of the challenges that all these great companies are facing. Uh, exhibitors can't go to shows. They can't promote their new products or they're finding ways to do that in and around that without actually going to a show. And if, uh, like we did with Expo West here uh, in the last couple of weeks, having to scramble to get things shipped back, you know, exhibits were already half set up for a lot of clients. <laughs> you know, it, So there's a lot of money that's just going down the hole there. So what do you do? How do you deal with it? I thought it might be fun here on this week's trade show guy uh, Monday morning coffee, maybe fun's not the right word, but enlightening to talk to some uh, folks in the industry that I've worked with over the years that I've gotten to know and just kind of in, 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 in one case, someone that I just met recently and get their take on what they're doing within their show with along with their uh, partners, uh, their distributors, their colleagues, their clients. And so uh, late Friday afternoon, Friday the 13th, I'm recording this uh, the next day. I reached out to a number of them and heard back from most of them. Um, and three of them we got on, on, uh, on video, which you're going to see in just a few moments. Uh, I did hear also from, uh, Stacey Barnes with Eagle Management. She sent a, a comment, which I asked for. She says, well, you know, we live and die by the model. The show must go on. In my opinion, the, our industry is, is usually unaffected by world events. Everyone you talk to will mention 9-11 and the financial crisis in 2008, 2009, but this is different Decisions are being made that are out of our control, and the devastation is being felt by every part of our industry. Yes, we will come back, but there will be a lot of people and companies that will not recover. There are some companies that only provide a service for clients when the shows are happening. Right now, their revenues are basically non-existent, and only the strong will survive. Let's uh, start off with uh, Marcus Vale. With uh, I had Marcus and his partner John Pugh on the 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 podcast here just in the last few weeks, their company is called share experience out of Pennsylvania. And I got a hold of him and he said, yeah, let's do something. So this is how that conversation went. Just kind of looking to see how you guys have kind of chewed this whole situation over and uh, what kind of things you're doing differently or, or preparing for to do differently. If anything um, at this point, what kind of things you're hearing from your clients? Uh, certainly we have lost business as a result of that, you know, shows that we were planning to go to have just dropped off. NAB, that's no longer happening. I don't know about yeah. others at this point. But anyway, I'm just curious your thoughts, Marcus. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, we're still forming some of them, I guess. It's still it's still all happening. And because we're a startup, a lot of this is causing us to sort of talk about how we were going to fundamentally operate as a business. And, I, you know, my, my partners and I feel good that the way that we're structured, which is to have low overhead, is compatible with 
you know, this, this kind of tumult in the industry, but also the, the, on the bigger picture, you know, so there's obviously going to be exhibit houses going out of business and there's going to be uh, employees that are out of work and clients that no longer have somebody to service them. So somehow all that's going to have to settle down too. And I know that's going to affect all of us. Yeah. And I know that uh, I think in the article that uh, you sent me a link to here a short time ago, you mentioned that I think you personally, I don't know if you wrote the article, but it was John mentioned that you came into the industry between 9-11 and the, uh, the, the Great Recession of 2008. Um, and I'm hearing that from a couple of people. I just heard from someone who made that same comment and uh, they sent me an email, uh, basically a statement or a comment, kind of informal. But they said, you know, this this is different because we don't know what's going on. We don't know how this will unfold. There's there's no, there's no way to really plan for it. You just kind of got to go day by day because there's something new every day that is out there, you know. I mean, three days yeah. ago, we had no NBA season canceled and now that's gone and Major League yeah. Baseball has been pushed back and NCAA tournaments are gone. Certainly, it's affecting the the larger world in in places that we just haven't quite figured out yet. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the economic impact is only beginning to happen, but the human impact is obviously more important, and we're still dealing with that component of it as well. I mean, where nine eleven that that sort of ended at a certain point, and two thousand eight there was just economic downturn, but this has these societal implications and these, you know, humanity implications. So that's also going to affect each of us. And I, what that does economically and business wise is really hard to say. I guess. Yeah. We, we haven't hit bottom yet. I don't think, and I don't think it'll be a little, it'll be a while. And we, we frankly don't know how long this will go on. Anyway, just curious to get your, your thoughts, uh, Marcus and how share experience is looking at it. As you mentioned, you're a startup. So, your overhead is low. You don't have a big shop you've got to worry about. Uh, I know that in the recession, some of the bigger shops that we uh, worked uh, here in the Portland area were competing against. They didn't make it because they were they they had so much overhead that they just couldn't couldn't do it, and they had they got absorbed or whatever. So, any yeah. last thoughts would be great to hear, Marcus. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's it's definitely going to change not just the our industry and how we operate in our businesses within our industry but our clients are going to be greatly impacted by it and then how do we change face-to-face -face marketing to deal with people who can't be face-to-face -face? and yeah. how do we adapt you know it still it still needs to happen for many industries so how is that going to occur in this sort of world where we're now we deal with pandemics I, I, I'm not sure I can say. All I can say is we're doing our best, at, you know, every day to sort of solve the problems that are in front of us, and definitely looking further forward, we know that we're going to have to change as service providers. Yeah. So, and you know, I talked to a client yesterday who I said, "Are you planning to go to the show that you've got in May?" And it hadn't been canceled. She says, "We are acting as if yes." And so until things yes. change, you kind of have to act as if, yeah, that's yeah, and then that'll, that that'll change by the hour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it does change. Marcus, I appreciate you spending some time uh, and sharing your thoughts here on the Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Really appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Tim. All right. Thanks again to Marcus Vale of Share Experience. And again, I had them on the show here in the not too distant past. Uh, great to hear his comments on how they're dealing with the, the upending of the event industry. Also got to talk to... Uh, Kevin Carty, who is the executive vice president at Classic Exhibits. Uh, Classic Exhibits has been uh, kind of my main go-to exhibit builder, fabricator for probably 90% of the work that uh, I've done for clients over the last uh, eight or 10 years, eight years certainly of this company. 
uh, trade show guy exhibits. And uh, Kevin, you know, he, he has a interesting outlook in that they've uh, perspective, I guess, because they have hundreds of distributors they have to deal with, along with some partners that build for them and, and they work with. And so they have to take kind of the long view. And, and we talked about that in this conversation where he's looking at a couple of months down the line and then a few months after that, what to do and just how to roll with it. Uh, Kevin, thanks for joining me here. I know this, uh, we're kind of in the midst of, of unprecedented territory with the whole coronavirus and the COVID-19 thing. I, and I, I know it's affecting the events industry a lot. I thought it might be interesting to talk to some people that are sort of on the front lines, kind of like we are, you are. Uh, classic exhibits obviously uh, has a lot of business on the line with, with something like this. So how, how, how are you guys working your way through it at this point? Well, you know, it's been interesting. Um, at first, this didn't necessarily affect us when it first came up because we had built for so many of these events. Um, but I would, I'd have to say it kind of started with Natural, Natural Products West when um, a lot of the exhibits that were there were being turned around and, um, and or were partway through set up and then show was, was being canceled and then happened with hymns and it's happened with other shows. Um, and so it, it didn't financially necessarily affect us right out of the gates. Um, but now here just in the last about two weeks, we're noticing, you know, projects dropping off and, and, um, as you know, we're not, we're not a direct sales entity. Right. So, um, it's, it's mainly our, our distributor partners that, um, that were, that are, have been affected the most here in the, in the onset. Um, but now we're having to plan for it because people are, are pulling out, um, or have pulled out of events. As we know, our own industry event was canceled just today. Um, so it's, uh, it is unprecedented is a great way of, uh, of describing <laughs> it. Um, I've been, um, telling folks internally, um, to prepare for, uh, kind of what we're used to seeing in a June and July time span when we typically see manufacturing drop off um, to just be prepared for that because it's probably going to be more of an April to I don't know how long at this point. But um, yeah, are you hearing from your distributors? I'm just that. curious what your distributors are telling you about how they're uh, being affected. It, it, it may be the same story from all of them. It may be that some have a lot more business in the, in the pipeline. I'm just curious if you're hearing any specifics about what they're doing to deal with it. The most common thing I've heard is it's just business is just cutting off. So, um, and then how do we deal with that? Um, as shows maybe come back online or are getting rescheduled. Um, some of the midsize and small size shows have already chosen um, new dates. That's been a bit of a positive in that at least puts something down out there that, that they can look towards. But, um, you know, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. We've, we've had some of our largest distributor partners who have, I mean, they've made cuts right away because they had a big chunk of their pipeline tied to, for example, hymns clients. And, um, when they pulled out of that event, um, it, there's a belief that they're probably not going to participate in a lot of other events, at least here in the next three, four or five months. And so um, it's had a negative effect there. Um, what, you know, for us, again, uniquely positioned the way we are, um, we're, I, I keep using this, this term, it's about having a conversation because we, we're, we're definitely all in this together. So yeah. end user distributor partner and ourselves as a, as a manufacturer and finding ways to a lessen the impact on the, on the end user, lessen the impact on our distributor partner. And then we also have to try to manage the impact on, on us for exhibits that are maybe already in the pipeline process of being built. 
You know, it's interesting. I mean, you guys do very specific stuff. You do custom and you do the kits as far as building and manufacturing. But I've spoken with a, a colleague that I've had on on this show before who who does presentations uh, at shows. And so that's kind of his, uh, Amy's been doing it for over 20 years, uh, very good at it. But he's immediately, in fact, he called me. We talked a couple of days ago and he said, my, my putting a business together, a plan together on what to do since I can't go to shows now. Yeah. And it's things like doing some training and uh, doing some videos or some voiceovers and things like that. Smaller things, certainly not exactly what he would really like to do, but it is something. And I mean, is there anything that you guys can do or your distributors are talking about that there's something that's maybe not exactly what you'd like to do, but might yeah, be in You know, I've, I've heard a couple unique opportunities of, of, you know, making lemonade out of lemons, which is uh, uh, some exhibits that were already built or were almost done being built. And, and folks are saying, let's go ahead and finish them. Um, and what the end client is going to do, and they're starting to try to pitch this to some of their other end clients is, the end client's going to just, they're actually going to set it up and they're going to do, use it for um, doing webcasting and videos of, yeah. of their product that they can then send out to their different channels um, so that they, they, they get some purpose out of it. And so that's being toyed around a little bit with um, uh, in some conversations, thrown around a little bit in some conversations is a way that some people can still get the message of their brand out is still utilize an exhibit, get an exhibit, knowing that they're going to need it in the future when some of this settles down, um, but find other ways of, of doing it. I can tell you internally, and again, it's a little different, but uh, internally in our own business, um, we're actively talking about, um, you know, our, our outside sales reps or myself, we're not necessarily getting on a plane and going and doing our normal five-day trip to Southern California, um, but, um, but utilizing methods like this where yeah. we can still have those meetings not really make them webinars or info pieces but check in with them how are things going how are they managing this crisis how can we be a better partner and just basically taking that for the time being taking that face-to-face -face communication time and putting it into a virtual world and i think that's that's a big advantage of the fact that the virtual world is a big part of what people do and, and a lot of stuff can easily shift there a lot of those conversations and uh, in fact, I was just reading about some show that's going to be offering, I think NAB is doing some, some aspect of that. Yes. They're going to offer some webinars and things. And some clients, uh, you know, some exhibitors there are also saying, hey, you know, we're not going to be at the show. The show's not happening, but here's what we would have done were we there. And so they can still find a way to reach out to their clients. Exactly. And maybe you're right, set up that, uh, that booth or part of it that, that gives them a backdrop that, that, that reflects what they were going to do there. It's... It's, we're all just kind of scrambling a little bit. We are, you know, I mean, we, t we talked internally uh, and, and it's not a funny topic, don't get me wrong, but you, you have to try to find ways to chuckle, but um, is, you know, are there, are there events like here in the state of Oregon, you know, it's, it's 250 or more people gatherings are, are not allowed. You know, are there any events that are, you know, uh, 159 people that are going <laughs> to be at that, that, that people want to still be at. And, you know, no, um, the, our, our hope is not hope, but really the, the outlook that we're looking at is really managing in two phases, managing the next 60 days and then having a plan in place for um, the next 90 days beyond that. But this next 60 days is, I think, going to be very, very critical um, as we uh, uh, hopefully some other organizations follow suit and do get some um, rescheduled shows on the docket for the summer months. 
um, and and uh, it just could move some of our sales. No doubt, this is going to be a, yeah. a a different 2020 though than we all expected. Yeah, and finally, I think that the the big question I think a lot of people have is when you hear about big things being canceled or or postponed, I should say. I mean, I just saw the email from Natural Products Expo West. Their initial thing was, we're going to postpone it and see if we can fit it in before summer. They've now confirmed they're not going to do anything until Expo East. And then, of course, you never know what will happen then. But you have, you know, NCAA tournaments postponed or, or canceled. NBA seasons postponed. Will those just completely go away? There's no way that we really know at this point how this how this whole thing will unfold. Kevin, I do appreciate you spending some time and sharing your thoughts. It's always good to hear from you and good to see you, Kevin. Thank you it's so much. It's good to see you too. Can I share one real quick? Yes, of course. One more thing. Um, one, one unique thing that I, that I have had a lot of conversations about that I would like to share is um, the, uh, the ability for exhibitors to take their brand and use it in different ways. Meaning if they've got retail opportunities or they've got corporate environment opportunities um, and, and seeing them shift some of those dollars. We've actually seen this yet this week where some people have taken some of the money that they were going to um, um, uh, use on their trade show program that's now been canceled and shift that maybe into more corporate environment work or other ways of getting their brand out there in um, uh, digital space and whatnot. So, um, so people are trying to be creative for sure. And, and there's a lot of creative ways that you can do that. So I think it kind of depends on, on who's involved and, and what kind of uh, stuff they come up with. So very yep. nice. All right, Kevin, I appreciate your help. Thank you so much. You bet. Thanks, Tim. All right. Take care. Thanks again to Kevin Carty, Executive Vice President at Classic Exhibits out of Portland. And finally, I sat down also with Andy Sachs, whose company Spark Presentations has been doing trade show presentations. For over 20 years, he's been in the industry since he was a young pup a long time ago. So he's seen a lot come and go, certainly. Uh, and so I was curious to know, and we talked earlier in the week, he said, you know, I'm, I'm working on my business plan of what to do that I now that I can't go to shows. And there's a number of things that his skills would allow him to do. And I think that's a great perspective. What can you do if you can't go to shows? What skills do you have? What skills uh, that you can put your hands on with people that you know? And so this was also a very enlightening uh, conversation with Andy. Andy, thanks for joining me. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you here. How are things? Uh, are you in Massachusetts? I'm trying to remember. Yes, I'm in the Framingham Metro West area, which is about 20 miles west of Boston. So gotcha. we are hunkered down, I think, just like pretty much everybody else in the world right now. What do they call it? Social distancing or something? like yes, that? Yes, social distancing. That's right. My daughter's school was just called off yesterday for the yep. next two weeks. So we're all adjusting to that. Uh, we're just I think we're going to be spending a lot of time at home making cakes and watching videos and trying to keep her focused. Well, we talked on the phone just a few days ago about business and we kind of traded a couple of emails and you mm -hmm. had said something like you're, you're kind of figuring out what your business plan is for now that I'm not going to trade shows. Have you gotten farther along in that? I'm just curious to, to, to see what you've done and, and how that is working for you or maybe it's too early to know if anything's working, but what kind of things are you doing internally? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I've been chatting with colleagues. I've been brainstorming on my own. I've just been watching the, the wild moves in the industry, just like everybody else. And I would say that the first um, significant move that I've done is I sent out an e-newsletter to my entire mailing list on Wednesday, uh, partially just as an attempt to reach out and make contact and partially to make some offers that I thought might be useful to them during this time when everybody's rejiggering and trade shows aren't running. And yet 
people still have quotas to fill, they still have assignments, they still have products to market, they still have bosses to please uh, with some offers to say, look, if you're trying to figure out how you can still do those things without the benefit of the trade shows that you thought would be working for you over the next few months, here's some things I can offer to help you out. What kind of things are, are you looking yeah. at? I mean, you, you obviously have done the public speaking and presentations at shows for mm -hmm. decades uh, and you do trainings and things like that. Uh, yeah. And I'm guessing you do uh, other stuff behind the scene that would be, be beneficial. So, you know, what are the top three or four things that you're, you're looking to offer? Well, the, the offers that I point out for this e-newsletter, first, just let people know, I know this is a chaotic time. I know everybody's scrambling. I'm scrambling too. And the big message, which I actually wrote in extra large text and, and put in blue, simply says, we've got your back. And that's the attitude I wanted to give people. I, right. I know you're frantic. I know the show you've been planning for for six weeks has just been canceled. Nobody saw it coming. We're on your side. We're going to do whatever we can to help you. And then the three specific offers I made were uh, designed to be sort of small, medium, large options. Uh, the first one is for the folks who may already have some version of a presentation in their office somewhere already. Maybe it's a sales deck that they've been using for a couple of months. Uh, maybe it's a presentation that we helped them build for an upcoming trade show, but we can't use it there. And I said, look, if you've already got the deck and you've already got the script, let it, then you could take the slides in the deck and put them together and it's into an animated video, send me the script, I will record the audio of the script as an audio track, as a voiceover, and then you can put those two things together, the animation of the video and my audio track together uh, as a finished, polished video, and you can just pop that on your website, pop it on YouTube, put it on LinkedIn, anywhere you want to put it. That's just something. It's something more than nothing. It presents your product. It's accessible to people who are out there in the world. You, we can make it in a couple of hours of, of time. Uh, it costs you a little to nothing. And then as a goodwill gesture, I said that the first three scripts that come to me, I will do those voiceovers uh, for no charge. I'll waive cool. my fee for those. So this is my way of saying, look, just here, here's a little way I can help you. And you can make a presentation with the things you already have in the office. It takes next to no time, next to no money. You can pop something up quickly. So if you just want to take an action, there's a good one. Yeah, just get something uh, the next up there. Thing, especially if, if uh, I'm just going to say, especially if, if they've got new products that they were about to launch and yeah. there's just no way to do it at the show, how, how can they yep. do that? And maybe they don't have the uh, inside uh, chops to, to do a you know, decent job on that. So, okay, number two. Yes, and this is, right, this is my way of saying, right. I, I know that you probably do have a product to launch because you were about to go to the show and right. plan to launch the product there and that's what your timing was. So don't feel like, you, if you're talking about video, don't feel like you have to build something complicated from scratch that takes lots of time and money. Right. Toss some slides together, put my voice to it, put it online, and just get it out there. So the second option was kind of my medium-sized offering. Uh, and here I wanted to show them that I am going to bat for them with other resources in the industry. So I have a friend who is a uh, trainer. She does tons of speaker coaching and training. A lot of it is remote by phone or virtually. She works with a lot of corporate clients, and she actually works with TEDx speakers. Right. And I talked with her and said, I have a lot of clients who are suddenly and unexpectedly forced to give virtual presentations. Uh, and a lot of them aren't comfortable in front of the camera. Uh, their products may not really shine if they're delivering that message and, and you sense that they're not good performers. And she agreed to set aside one coaching session, which is usually an hour, out of every day 
for Spark clients, for my clients. Nice, nice. And so I was able to say to my folks, hey, if you've got speakers and you think they need a little extra polish before they get up uh, on camera, before we do something that you're going to record and leave out there for years online, uh, I have made special arrangements with this excellent coach to to make that connection. And I hope you take advantage and, and there's some urgency to that. And we know how important coaching is because even because the best speakers that are out there that do it year after year and, and are the high paid ones get coached all the time. Yes. <laughs> everybody, everybody, everybody can get better at yes. this type of delivery. And even people who've been doing it for 20, 10 or 20 years are always finding ways to improve. Yep. So there's yep. certainly no shame in saying, hey, we have an engineer or a marketer. We're going to put them on camera. Right. Could you give them some tips on how to make a better impact? So if someone's looking at that, yeah. that, that is an outside perspective, we'll see things that you won't see. And, and, and yeah. that's always good. So that's, that's the way Ab I look at that. So. Absolutely. And, you know, th this uh, person in particular has been training for years. She's done all kinds of live events. She's really good at it. And I wanted to show my clients, I'm going to bat for you and calling in resources you may not even know about uh, in order to help you through this time. So I've given you access to this person that you might not get otherwise and, and hoping they take advantage. That, that's really cool, Andy. So you, and you had one yeah. other one. What was that? The kind of the, you get the small yeah. and large. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is sort of my large offering to the folks who say, well, I, we need something bigger than that. We're not just looking for a little coverage in the moment or a little service here and there. We, we were planning to do a big product launch at the show. We can't do it. We now want to replace it with a really high end polished video with footage and voiceover and graphics and animations and we needed to have these parameters i wanted to let them know again that i can call in the resources to make that happen yeah that i have connections my connections have connections everybody stopped moving all of a sudden right nobody is keeping their normal assignments even video producers so there's all of a sudden an industry of people saying, anybody got any work? Yeah. And I have access to a lot of those people. And I could probably put together a team on a dime uh, that can take your project. And while you're busy figuring out what to do with your kids and figuring out how to work from home and figuring out, you know, the whole rest of your life and how it's going to be organized for the next few weeks, if you give us marching orders, we can create a whole video for you start to finish and just deliver it to you whenever you need it. And I think so we one can way take to look it out of your that, hands entirely. Yeah, I think one way to look at that is if they were planning to go to a show, let's say in June or July, that we just don't know if it's going to happen, uh, yeah. or maybe one that got canceled uh, that they know they definitely won't go. They've, they've got a budget that was going to be spent on that. Now, some of it may have been spent with shipping stuff back and forth, but obviously, Mm -hmm. it, it won't all get spent. So they've got maybe uh, some money that they can invest in a, in one of those very high quality, nice, you know, three to yep. five or 10 minute uh, videos that they can put online on their website uh, and share it and then break it down and do some short stuff for social media as well. So I think yeah, and, that's, that's a way, to, a way to look at that, I, I would think, you know. I, I agree. And it's not even necessarily an either or situation. You may be right. prepping for a well, show in July. That show may happen and it still may be in your best interest to get a video out there which would be a good idea even if the show ran because you'd still want to provide a virtual virtual exposure to your product for the folks who can't make the show in person. So even yeah. if the show runs, you're still going to massively amplify the exposure of that product by creating this virtual component and yeah. we can do that for you now. I think there's lots of great yeah. ideas there, Andy, and I just kind of wanted to touch base with you uh, kind of a, in a short, a few minute conversation. I think what we should do mm -hmm. though is see how that plays out with you. And then we, we've, I've got yeah. ideas. We should maybe get together for the podcast here in the next, you know, three to five weeks and just uh, kind of dig deeper. As they say, the deep dive mm -hmm. is coming, right? <laughs> Happy to do it. You know, I was chatting with my wife before this podcast and she has received a number of emails like this. She works uh, 
for a state university in Massachusetts in the IT department. She asked me to pass along a couple of tips. Could I take 30 seconds yes, to do that? Yes, please do. Yes, of course. All right. R really, really simple. Keep your offer as incredibly short, as incredibly clear, and as incredibly simple as you can in the biggest text size that you can manage. <laughs> She's been getting offers coming in that are five, six, seven paragraphs long and you know, a little eight point type size. And she, you know, she's doing a million other things right now relative to our family and her job. She just doesn't have time to sit through it. So if you're going to make an offer, keep the text size nice and big. Don't use a $10 word where a $1 word will work just fine. And the easier you make to read it, the more likely you'll make it that it is read. So I'll leave it at that. Very good. I'm hooked on $7 words myself. So okay. <laughs> those are good. You know, sometimes those a little mustard, a little like extra the $10 flavor, words. Sure. They're better than the $5 words, you know, the sure. $1 word. You know, so anyway, and it's well, this, this is the advice we always give to trade show clients anyway, right? That, because you're always dealing with the split attention spans of the attendees. Yes. Now we're just applying it to emails. instead. Yes, exactly. Andy, let's uh, touch base uh, later. I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks so much. And thanks again to Andy Sachs. Spark Presentations, and also to Kevin Carty and Marcus Vale for uh, joining me at short notice and just chiming in for a few minutes each on how they're dealing with the kind of upending of the event industry with the coronavirus, COVID-19, and how people are dealing with that. Uh, so I really appreciate you all being able to do that on such short notice. So I guess uh, we'll wrap it up this week's one good thing. I'm just seeing, you know, the can-do attitude uh, that exists out there and the spirit I'm hearing in the events and trade show industries. So we'll just leave it at that. Uh, that does it for this week's Trade Show Guy Monday morning coffee. As they say, onward and upward. Uh, you can find me online at tradeshowguy.net.